right. Let's try to let's try to pick up the spirits here a little bit. 713-780-3776. Let's give out game balls for all those that deserve them for their performance this weekend. 713-780-3776. Blankers, who deserves a game ball around the NFL this week? I was trying to remember the last coach to do this, but it's okay to give a game ball to the entire team when you're playing like the San Francisco 49ers. What was Vincent Lombardi like? Again, you love to go to that <laughs> card, but I, I'm guilty of doing it because I used to do it to Palillo all the time. So it's fine. I can take <laughs> it's it. It's karma. But at the same I'm time, get it someday. you look at a team like the <laughs> Niners and what they've just won, who they've run through, and they manhandled Philly, and they manhandled that. They, whoever comes up and tries to play the Niners is the next, next team up to get it handed to them. And when you look at what numbers Purdy's putting up and what McCaffrey's doing and what Debo's doing and Kittle scoring, that entire that is such a well-oiled machine right now. It looks like the entire league is playing for second, and the Niners are on that tier one all by themselves. My game ball goes to every member of the 49ers for this week and the last several weeks. I like I like how you did that. I, I think that's uh, that's pretty good. Um, you know the knock on Shanahan though is can't win in the big game. Loses the big games. The big game. Twenty eight. What is it? Twenty eight to three. Twenty eight three is the OC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's more likely to lose in a big game if they play each other? Mike McCarthy or Kyle Shanahan? Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, huh. I think the answer is Shanahan because McCarthy has a Super Bowl. He has least. a title. But, he has a title. But when you don't have to do anything but sit and watch, it was easy for McCarthy. Shanahan tried to do too much and quit running the football. It's true. Um, I like I like how you did that. Shanahan is my favorite coach in the NFL. Like I, I love Kyle Shanahan. I love his scheme. Uh, loved whenever he was here, and they had an unbelievable offense. I've listened to the podcast, play caller. I, I'm a big Shanahan guy. I think it's the offense that you need to have in order to win at a high level in the NFL these days. You got Shanahan. You got Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. Slowick's been more good than bad, even though he was very bad yesterday. I, I'm a believer of the scheme. He I needs think some he needs seasoning, like but he's got the scheme. Yeah, yeah so I, I like how you did that. Now, Purdy does need a game ball on top of this, too, though. We can hand out multiple game balls because sure. Purdy was – Fantastic. 368 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Debo was over 100. Ayuk was over 100. McCaffrey ran for over 100 yards. That offense is lethal. It, it is very good. Again, look at it and tell me who's going to beat them the unless they Cowboys. beat themselves. Like if Purdy goes down again, we talk about injuries all the time. Uh-huh. If you lose a Purdy, because you could lose a Debo or you could lose a McCaffrey, or you could lose a Kittle, and you'd be just fine. But Purdy, we saw what happened a year ago, and I don't think that Sam Darnold's the the end-all, be-all, the rest of that damn team is playing better than anybody in the NFL. They're really good. I'm going to give one to uh, Dakota Prescott while we're mm-hmm. at it. 271 yards, touchdown. He has that MVP feel. I was like, going to say, dare MVP. I say, three letters could be coming his way. He could win an MVP. Dakota Prescott could. That was a, that was a nice win for Dallas. Yet. Really I didn't nice see that win coming. For Dallas yesterday. I thought that was going to be a tight game no matter what. Did you see uh, David Carr flexing after the game? No. Did you see what we said last week? Uh-uh. Okay. Um, he said that they shouldn't be playing Jalen Hurts right now. They should be playing Marcus Mariota. Oh, I did see that. And then he said that Mariota's better right now than Jalen Hurts because of the injury. Um, <laughs> then I think he said, Philly, you guys want to talk about it or something like that? Yeah, yeah, he was going after people. All right, Joe, who are you giving a game ball to? The only one to give a game ball to is the elite Joe Flacco. Yeah. Three the ele- one, but- 311, three touchdowns. He's back. Should the Texans sign Joe Flacco? That's yes. A- that's an interesting discussion. He is available to sign right now. Adam Schefter has said he's going to re- re-sign in Cleveland. Yeah. But he is a practice squad quarterback. I mean, Cleveland. Can you steal Joe Flacco? He played the game and then got moved yeah, back. You to got, we got elevations. Squad. You oh. get moved back. They just elevated him temporarily. Like That's what the Texans have been doing with Matt Amendola. Matt Amendola is a practice squad player. They've been elevating him. And too bad no one wants well, him. Well, now they're going to send, send that elevator to the basement. Man. 
Now, Cleveland's not going to let him leave, obviously, but yeah, I would, I would at least do this for a technicality standpoint. Try to steal Try him. real quick. Games You're out of quarterback. Yeah, call him. Be like, hey, man, you want a, you want a real contract? That's a Belichick move. Yeah, yeah. you got to now, you'd have to put him to the 53, which means you have to get rid of somebody from the 53. So you do have to, like, Can you carry think four about quarterbacks? That. Uh, yeah, why couldn't you? You weaken your I don't think opponent. There's a, I, don't think there's a, I don't think there's a maximum. Yeah, carry four quarterbacks, fine. You can carry four quarterbacks. Now, you do have to get rid of somebody off the 53 if you are to do that. Yeah, Flacco was unbelievable yesterday, though. It's, Over 300 yards, yeah. three unbe- touchdowns. It's unreal. Two to David and Joku. Like, he's so much better than what they had there. He really is. Jay Walker, DTR. Like, Flacco's elevated the Browns. Think yeah. about that. And what Flacco is he, has elevated the Browns. Yes. Is he 38? I think I don't he's know. 38, he's 39. That's wild. All That's right. a hell of an effort from his standpoint. He's elite. What other uh, game balls you got here? Uh, Joe's like quarterback this. deserves one. Yeah, he does. For as much as Hell Joe's, yeah, he does. For as much as Joe's crapped on him over and over in? and over again, when you look at the <laughs> Justin Fields' game yesterday, no one had the Bears beating the Lions. They, we were, maybe a discussion about covering the spread. Justin Fields was unbelievable yesterday with his arm, with his legs, with his decision-making. He did it all yesterday, and the Bears beat the Lions. He's got to get a game ball. Are they going to fire Eberflus? No. Is he earning he his job? He said they were. You know what? Since they traded for Montez Sweat, they have a top five defense in the NFL. He's fixed them. Sweat has. I kind of feel like <laughs> I'm going to be sad that they don't fire him, but I think they're kind of figuring it out. And they are kind of figuring it out. I mean, they've looked really good their last three weeks. Like, they had the game where they were up by 10 to the Lions so that means and they lost you it. don't consider a quarterback in the draft. No, you keep no, Justin no. Fields. I'm, well, I, I mean, I'm just trying to see the things that you've said that you're going to turn, change back to. I, they have a 95% chance to have the first pick in the draft. I don't know. I would love Because the of Carolina. Because they're yes. starting to win some games where you're not going to have back-to-back. Yeah, no, they have, they have five wins. They're out of the top five category. They're not going to be there. I think we're they're going to trade it. We're all Bears fans this weekend. We're all rooting for them against the Browns. You think they're going to trade Fields? I think they're no. I think they're going to trade the first pick. Again. I think so too. Oh, maybe they. Should, yeah. I think they'll trade. I don't down think now. it's a bad move. Now I don't think that I they want to go down it. below three though. I don't want to trade. You it. want Marvin Harrison? They want Harrison. Just yeah. take Harrison at one. Just do it. Harrison and Fields would be nasty. And DJ and DJ. Right. He loves. I mess with him. I mean Harrison and Moore. Now the the beauty of have is having Harrison and Moore and is Komet. kind of lost on having Fields though. Because I feel like because Fields is a great thrower of the football, that the dynamic of having both of those guys is lost a bit. Or is it the Brock Purdy situation of if you just manage the game with that much talent on offense, yeah. that you just quickly get it out of your hands to your best playmakers and they do the rest and make you look really good. And when a play breaks down, you can still run. Yeah, If you have the right coordinator to utilize those weapons correctly, they can make that work. I, th- I think that they're, Justin is doing – he's making it hard for them. The last three weeks. I think he's their quarterback next year. As of right now. I'm starting to lean that way too. Because, as of right now. Because Caleb is he's not who we want him to be. Yeah, he's not can't miss he, anymore. He fell off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and right? I don't think May is either. So like I just roll with it. Well some people think that the Heisman would be a top two pick in the NFL draft. I did saw I saw Ooh. that mock draft you were looking at. I bet a hundred bucks with somebody that I don't think he wouldn't be. Yeah, I don't think that's I'm on that. the I'm on your side yeah, of Yeah, I don't think that's for that. a hundo. Uh, Corey says game ball to the Cowboys def- uh, defense for holding the Philly offense to six points, yep. specifically Gilmore though. Who is DJ Moore? Is it your game ball? Uh, who Justin gave, Fields. Who gave, or I, yeah, Fields, I, I, Fields, Fields, Fields. My game ball goes to the line judge in the Kansas City Chiefs game yesterday. What a call. I applaud you for a great call. Not only did the line judge make a good call by seeing Kadarius Tony was offensive offsides. Where have you heard that before? Leave it to Kadarius Tony to figure that out. Not only was it a great call, but if you listen to Pat Mahomes, making that call has now influenced the Hall of Fame career of Travis Kelsey. 
No, that's not hyperbolic. Pat Mahomes literally said that in his press conference. He said you have a Hall of Fame tight end making a Hall of Fame play, and that official ruined it. So I applaud the line judge for getting the call right, even if it comes at the expense of Pat Mahomes yelling in your ear the rest of the game, even if it comes at the expense of Travis Kelsey's Hall of Fame candidacy taking a hit. What a call by that line judge. You get a game ball. Bottom line is he got it right. You got it right. I mean, that's the biggest thing of all. No matter how much they continue to bitch, you would think that someone with an iPad and a replay official would, or a replay guy on the team would have said, "Hey, Pat, slow your roll a little bit." They got it right, and it was Tony that was the one that screwed it up. Because when you look at where the line was and the big blue line that illustrates it, it's a no-brainer call. And he's saying this is like what the 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 final five seconds of an NBA game when a foul's not called. Yeah. You got to call what you see, and he called it and got it right. The other part of that, too, is like Mahomes said that he wiped a great play off the board. He called it at the line of scrimmage as soon as the ball was snapped. That's when you make the call. As soon as it's snapped, whenever you have an offensive player lined up in an offsides position, you make it at the snap. He didn't wipe out this fantastic play, although that play was awesome. That would have been one of the greatest plays it, in it NFL was, history. It, it would have been. If it was a playoff game where that happened and it, it, there obviously wasn't a penalty, that would have been the greatest play in NFL history. That would have been better than the Immaculate Reception. That would have been better than the Music City Miracle. That would have been, if it was in the playoffs, it would have oh, been man, the greatest playoffs, play yeah. in NFL history. That would have been that was the, awesome. the equivalent yeah. of the what the Boise State Statue of Liberty in college. Yeah, I had a oh, friend on that team. I had a friend on that team. Was that he was, right? He was a guy? starting punter. No, oh. no, no. Guy doesn't do anything athletic. I, I'm, I'm kidding. He played college baseball. Kyle Stringer. Kyle Stringer was the punter on that Boise State baseball team. There was a marriage proposal. Yeah, there was a proposal right there after was. that. Marriage proposal team. That. All right, last one, Joe George. I'm just going to stick it. Honors. I'm going to stay in Ohio. Jake Browning. Game ball. This kid well. is balling in the NFL. Who'd have thought that the Bengals games. with Browning and Brown in a combo platter were the difference makers for the Bengals yeah, to I win lo- a football game? Chase Brown, I liked him coming out of college, but like he he is electric. It looks like he's going to replace Joe Mixon, but Jake Browning, he's I think he's just good. Brown's brother played last night in the Sunday night game. Yeah, they're twins. Yeah. Wow. Who? Who's the twin with who? Chase Brown, Chase the Brown. running back for the Bengals. Yeah. His brother is a, his twin is a safety. I can't remember his name. They both came from Illinois. I think his oh, last really? name's Brown. <laughs> Here's a, that was I was, a good one. I had <laughs> Thank you. I had Browning on my list too. Here was the question that I had about Browning. Is he playing himself into a starting job in the NFL? Somewhere yeah, else. I think so. Somewhere yeah. else? Uh, yeah, somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, he's not yeah, he's not over. Right. Uh I think so too. I think it's legitimately a possibility, sure, because I think that you know we had this con- I had this conversation with multiple people about Jordan Love. He's probably going to start somewhere somewhere in the NFL next year. Now, that's the question, though. If you're Cincy, like, you just keep him as a cheap backup. He was an undrafted free agent. You have his rights for the next three years after Absolutely. this one. Or do you trade him for a third rounder? I, I mean, honestly, with Joe Burrow's history, I probably need a second to make the move. Ooh, that's a lot. for. There's but, no way he's going to second. No, but that's, my, but that's my point. Is like he's, not worth, he's not worth a second, but Joe Burrow, he has an injury history. I'm not just giving a guy that can, right. can keep my team afloat. Nearly put me – they're on the playoffs. I would uh, I wouldn't trade him for anything more than uh, I would need more than at least a third and you might be onto something with a second because Burrow does have injury proneness and he's cheap but like he's a cheap backup that can win half the games whenever Burrow's out. You could do a lot worse if you're Browning thinking about this. Yeah, I get a chance to start on a really bad football team and I get my head ripped off and I could do all those things, or I could be Chase Daniels. I could just you know sit there and collect checks behind Joe Burrow and. Cincinnati has the security blanket of knowing if Burrow goes down, I got a guy that can get me a couple of wins like a Teddy a Teddy Bridgewater with the Saints a couple of years. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a starter in the NFL. I don't know if it's next year with Tampa. No, I don't think it's next year. So it's hard for me to tell where. I, don't know. It's, I just I wonder if people are calling because I think there's I think we can rattle through at least six teams. Yep. that he's better than. 
Like he's yeah. better than anything in he's New intriguing. England. How does that guy go undrafted? Because Brock was, Purdy was almost undrafted right. the year before. Yeah, and he but Jay, but Browning was kind of a roller coaster in college. I mean, Purdy was not necessarily like the steady but force wasn't either. Browning top five in the Heisman. Browning? I think, he, I think he was. I don't know about that. From UW? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know that he was five. top five. Yeah, I don't know if he's top five. All right, Could he start in Vegas? Yes. Yep. I think he's better than McConnell. Yep. Yeah, he's good. Like, he's, yeah, he's a solid player. Now, he's got some good skill but around him, but he's not bad. All right, 713-780-3776. Texans have played two full games without Tank Dell. What has it shown you? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Right, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Look, it's the holiday season. You're going to get run down. You got to do everything that you normally have to do. Then you got to go shopping and you got to handle all the gifts and do all the different things and the extra stuff getting ready for the holidays. And then you're going to eat bad and you're going to continuously eat bad because your schedule is all screwed up. And then by the time the holidays come, you're just going to eat more. And before you know it, you're plus 10 or 20. You're down a whole lot of energy and you don't know how you're going to start the new year except for to set resolutions you won't obtain. You can get there and, and get those resolutions obtained when you go to Apollo Men's Health. Three locations to better serve you in your downtown Houston, and they serve you in a variety of different ways. They take care of you. If you're running low on energy, tons of ways that they can rectify that. From B12 shots like I get every week, all the way to the different ways that, that you can administer or they can administer hormone therapy. Men and women in the lobby every single week are telling me how great it's been, how much more energy they have since they went and explored and started doing hormone therapy. You want to lose weight? Well, there's all the different things that they can do to enhance your gym experience from the way you can recover quicker with HGH peptide therapy to monitoring your progress like a full body composition analysis. But if you don't have time for the gym, but you absolutely have to lose weight, you can lose up to six pounds every week with semi-glutide. It's FDA approved. It's available at Apollo Men's Health. Go to the website right now, ApolloMH.com. Check out all the services that they have to offer. If there's a few that make sense for you, sign up for an appointment right there online. When you do, you'll find out most Major insurance is accepted. Discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank. Free B12 shot on your first visit or a body composition analysis. Or get your lab results free when you start the process out. But go in and be honest with them. They'll ask you the questions. You give them the honest answers of where you're struggling. They're going to put you on a program that works and get you the results you need. Go see them today. Go see my friends at Apollo Men's Health. Joe. Oh, Joe. He's Blank. I'm Branham. Uh, real quick before we get into Tank, what have we learned from the Texans now that Tank Dell's missed two complete games? 1818 wants to know why they didn't blow the uh, offensive offsides penalty dead. It's not it's not a dead ball penalty, and it's not a pre-snap penalty. It's a free play. It, it's a post-snap penalty. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not pre-snap because he's not offsides until it's snapped. If he got back and then they snap it, he's onside. Unless they do the but whole... But wouldn't it be a little into the. You got into That's the neutral zone. But, but somebody has to move for that to happen. I saw them trying to call it on uh, no, you're right. I, I thought they were trying to throw it something on the it's, offense with a player in motion that did that. Yeah, it's not a penalty until the ball is snapped because if he's lined up a yard in front, and I heard a lot of people talk about this, where receivers communicate with the line judge, line judge gives them help. That is true. The line judge will tell them, "Hey, you're not on. Take a step back, or you're off the line. You need to take a step forward." A lot of times, you need guys off the line too. Am I on or am I off? Like they, they there's constant communication. Tony never looked, and Andy Reid admitted that today. But the, it's not a it's not a pre-snap penalty. And the reason it's not a pre-snap penalty is because he could line back up right on the line of scrimmage, not be offsides, run the play, and it's perfectly legal. So it's not a penalty until the ball is snapped. That's why it's not a pre-snap penalty. Yeah, I guess I'm surprised that like in today's NFL, when they talk about player safety, just the idea of running an extra play that means absolutely nothing, why they don't like 
blow the whistle well, a couple times. No, I understand. Because if you get it, the defense can intercept the pass. Yes. And then you decline the penalty. Yeah, I know. But it, that's it's such a rare occurrence that that actually Well, then why happens. don't – this well, is it, a bad take by you, Joe. Here's why. If you're offsides on defense, should they be blowing the play dead? No. There you go. But but that's yeah, – Because that's the it real It's different because, like, they're on defense. Okay. So defensive lives matter more. No, I'm just saying the offense is more likely to have a positive play and have a reason to decline the penalty but, 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 versus the, the, the defensive side. The pass could have been intercepted. Game's over. Isn't it true? And it's not a penalty until the ball is snapped. And the only time that a play is blown dead if it's a pre-snap penalty. That's the only time. But the difference, I think, is that when the defensive player, like we talk about the Justin, Justin Fields, right? Uh-huh. Aiden Hutchinson jumps off sides and then they snap it. Kadarius Tony is just lined up off sides. Sure. That's where I think there's the difference. Like, I, like I get why you can see. I, it, I'm saying snapped. it should be. It's stupid that he's lined up off sides. If a defensive player was lined up off sides, I'm saying the same thing. If you jump, I feel differently. So you jump if the offensive lineman okay. if the offensive lineman jumps, the play stops. I think that the the hard part with that is is now you're trying to get the official to like kind of gauge which one he's lined up in versus yeah. moving over. And then now you don't have the differential of pre snap penalty and post snap penalty. Yeah, I understand that. And what's also the what's the overruling uh, like so, you get that penalty, but the play goes on, and then the offense get uh, draws a roughing the passer or a personal foul. Doesn't that supersede the offsides? Yeah, there's something like that, or, or the 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 uh, there was a it, yeah the, yes that that happens supersede. I don't know exactly how you like mark it off. Yeah, like one's greater than the other, so yeah. therefore they that that supersedes the. And I think they only call the the major penalty. Right, I think it's right. the difference between like major and minor. Which is that's hockey kind of there was part of my point too is that the. Isn't that that makes no sense? So a player is offsides; it's a penalty, and then the defensive team they have a free play quote. But then if they crush the quarterback and it's a head-to-head hit, that's the one that gets penalized, not don't, the player offsides. Don't rough the penalty. I understand, quarterback. but don't line up offsides, you moron. That's well, on Tony. He's an idiot. There was was it the Texans game yesterday where two penalties were called and they enforced both of them, or was that a different game I was watching? I don't. I know, can't remember. I don't, I don't recall that. It was like a. I can't remember the exact situation. I want to think. I want to say it was illegal contact by the defense, and then a late hit. It must have not been. In the now, Texas can I ask, game. ask you guys a question? I legitimately don't know the answer to this. If Tony lines up where he does, and he's lined up offsides, but he does the pointing to the line judge. Yeah. Can the line judge let him know that he's too far so oh, that he yeah, can step that happens, back? That happens almost every play. But so you can do it in the slot. I know the outside receivers can do, do it all the time. You can do it wherever. Okay. And what you're you're saying, I'm on, I'm off. Those right. are the two things. You can, you can only have four guys that are off the line of scrimmage. The Texans got penalized after that two games ago because but, but that kind Mitchie. of but the reason why I ask that is I get it if you you know on and off the line of scrimmage. But what about over the over the, the line of scrimmage? Yeah, absolutely. Same thing. Yeah, they'll tell you to get back. So whether you're on the line or not, like when they yeah. say you're in the wrong foot. Okay. And, and a lot of times you see the receivers, they either point back or yeah. they point straight to their feet. And what are they telling you? The, the guy that's feet, okay. am I on? The guy that's pointing behind him, am I, I'm off. I thought and it was just usually, the line of scrimmage. Like, are no, you lined up, both. either stepped off or... Yeah. What's it's, weird about it's, the, I mean, I'm, I'm, the only reason I know this is because I'm down there for U of H games. And I can I see this communication mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, this happens every play. What's and that's, weird about that's where, the... That's where Tony screwed up. Like, Tony Tony didn't necessarily screw up for, like, obviously he screwed up for lining up on the line of scrimmage. All you got to do is look at the official, yep. and he'll tell you to take a step back. That's it. That's and, it. It's over. And that's what's weird about Andy Reid's quote. Like, there is a view from the sideline that's now going around Twitter where it kind of looks like, like Tony does it. But he looks away before the referee gives him confirmation, and then he moves forward. A step. 
Yeah. So he does it completely wrong in every instance. You have to be completely set when you ask. At least he has no that experience with it. So. Yeah, he's just it's a dumb play. That whole thing is weird. It's kind of the, part of the uh, reason why the Giants couldn't deal with it. It's know the rules. Like I hate when people complain about the rules. Know the rules. It's your job to play football. You know what you should know if you play football? Know the rules. I don't understand why so many football players don't know the rules. It's your well, job. But the, the reason why we we have these conversations so much is because like Mahomes is doing, like so many people that bitch about fou- fouls being called in the last 10 seconds of a basketball game, or the, well, the referees aren't supposed to know who the best players are and, and like not throw, call the second technical or not call a certain play because it's a great player at a certain time. To Mahomes' point, his job is no matter who's doing it, this is the rule book that I studied, and this is the reasons why I throw my flag, and that was a reason glaring at me that I throw a flag. I, I really don't know why they don't read the rules. Like, legitimately, you're an NFL player. I think it's clear. Well, players aren't going to do it. They expect their coaches to tell them. I mean, I mean that's look, another thing, too. That's coaching. Like, tell them to do sure, that. Like, this texture just said that uh, he's – what did he say exactly? Let me get the exact words. Um, he said that it's the referees – majority of the time, refs are supposed to let the receivers know they are offsides and back up a bit. No, no. They're not going to yell, hey, hey, Tony, Tony, back up a little bit. You're up there. That's not their job. No, it's there's communication, and they will help you out, but it's not a majority of the time they're supposed to. They're not supposed to at all. They'll help you out, which is normal. That happens every single snap. But if you don't look that way and ask – they're not going to be yelling at you. Hey, Tony, back up. That's stupid. Yeah, I don't understand why they don't know the rules. But there's a reason why, though, they have to tell these morons uh, that, like, hey, these are the rules in overtime. Right. Know the rules. Know and, like, the they rules. don't even know the rules in overtime. All you got to do is know. I mean, it's your job. I think they should all know the rules. Um, It happened in the Eagles-Cowboy game where there was a pass interference and then a face mask, okay, and they enforced both of them. That's I knew I was – I couldn't remember the game I was watching, but I do remember the play now. So, for some reason, those are both enforced. Then you have the super, you know, super seeds. Like, it, it's very confusing. Uh, we'll talk about the Tank Dell stuff a little bit later. We ran out of time. Uh, but we will, we will talk about it today. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Two games without Tank Dell has shown you what. We'll get to that later. But first, got to get to our Mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask. Football, Texans, non-football, whatever. 713-780-ESPN. HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Mailbag Monday with the Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Guys, I'm here to tell you it's December 11th. We know that the holiday's right around the corner. It's time for you to get the gift that you need to get, or gifts in this case, that can make you a hero this holiday season. Why don't you get a gift that keeps on giving like Pajamagram? Pajamagram.com is the only place you should go for a gift that keeps on giving because of the fact that you can get naturally nude pajamas. They are so soft to the touch, like a second skin, form-fitting and phenomenally sexy, but the, your, your lady's going to love it. And the bottom line is right now they've got a deal for you. You don't have to fight the malls and look for parking and the crowds and wait at the register and then have to figure out how to wrap the gift. All you've got to do is get to pajamagram.com and then let them take care of everything for you. Right now, it's a two-for-one special. You get the app, the uh, Naturally Nude Pajamas. You're going to get a free Naturally Nude Nighty as well, thrown in a $75 savings. Two gifts for the price of one. Both are gifts they're going to keep on giving. She wears them for you. You love the way she looks. And it's a holiday season that everybody can absolutely celebrate. All you got to do is go to pajamagram.com and check out the deal right now. It's the two-for-one naturally nude pajamas and nighties deal, and they'll wrap it for you and get it there for you in time for Christmas. No malls, no fighting for parking and battling lines. 
All it is is you looking like a hero, getting a great gift that she will love. Go to pajamagram.com today and check into the Naturally Nude Pajamas. Get the nighty and the wrapping, and you are set this holiday season. For 9207, he's Blank on Brandon. Mailbag Monday, 713-780-3776. Ask us whatever. 713-780-3776. This one's not a question, but I just had to read it. 9207, Brandon, I love how mad everyone gets at you for praising other offensive linemen for helping their quarterback up. Yeah, I noticed that too. Uh, Ocho, Melbag, will Blankers and Joe George, I don't know why I didn't mention me, will Blankers and Joe George be tailgating before the North Shore versus Duncanville game Saturday at Jerry World? I, actually, I know why he didn't mention me now. Because you don't... I have, a, I have work to do Saturday. Uh, I would uh, love to go I, watch I, this game. That would be a great... I'm going to watch it on TV. Do you, is it going to be on the shin? Uh, I hope it's no, on the it's shin. A, it's going to be on FSN. FSN? FSN, Fox Sports. The, the the one that used to carry the Rockets games and then they, they went before the Rockets went and Astros went oh, rogue. Oh, it's now, it's Bally now, right? Yeah. Do whatever, you get Bally? I get it on satellite. I hope I get it. I don't it. get I Channel mind. 11, but I can get that. I and I and I think uh, I think Randy Mack was calling the games for, for them. Was he? But I know that I saw the Hail Mary that beat Duncanville. That was three years ago. Yeah, that, that was on, <laughs> but, but that was on... That was on FSN before it turned. That's right. It turned in Bally. Yeah. It was on FSN. I, yep. sh- I couldn't remember if we got those channels or not. I, did, I, I get it on DirecTV. I hope that I get them. I, I would like to DVR that game. I am intrigued by it. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, Mailbag Monday. I saved this one from last week because I wanted to answer it today. And it's, I don't want to use the word funny. It's ironic in hindsight. Somebody asked, is Stroud taking too many sacks? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's taking too many sacks. 16 sacks. He's had a concussion, and he left another game. That wasn't a sack. It was a quarterback sneak for uh, what the referees wanted to get looked at. They wanted him to They wanted to get looked at by the individual doctor. Um, Key says, what do you got to say now about the Lakers, Blankers? So what? That's what I got to say. So what? Tell me, tell me when they win something substantial, when there's a full regular season into a playoff in an extended game series against the same team, when they can achieve what what everybody is really chasing and i know that you know this is the first time of whatever you want to call this tournament and it was a success for the nba no one gives a rat's ass at the end of the year who won the midseason tourney everybody is going to except for the guys on the bench that got a five hundred thousand dollar check i care a lot and i know you did i really do but aside from that and the fact that there was a little bit more interest from a fan perspective and a media perspective and, and a viewership perspective, the biggest thing is what matters at the end of the year, and they ain't doing it. And they got Anthony Davis, and in a seven-game series, he's going to play three-and-a-half games maybe. I, I congratulate LeBron James for being ever the first the first ever NIT championship MVP. Congratulations to LeBron. He's done something that Michael Jordan has never done, which feather in the cap for LeBron James. Uh, Jordan never did this. So whenever you have these greatest of all time conversations, mm. let's remember who has won an, NB, you an NIT can't win something an that NIT wasn't available at the time. That's also true. Both things can be true here. True. 713-780-ESPN. Mailbag Monday. Ask the killer bees whatever. Bear says, knowing that Tangdale may be injury prone, and how the Texans use them, uh, will Casario package the Texans two first-round picks for a true number one receiver, or will they sign Galveston's own 6-5 Mike Evans? Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're packaging those first-round picks, even if they had two of them. Yeah, they only have one. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think that's in the realm of possibilities. And we were talking about how good it turned out that their receivers were, and how CJ spreads the ball around. But I don't think that they're going to be you know spending multiple draft picks to trade for one. I think they could sign one, especially if, if it's a shorter term deal like Mike Evans. Although it's going to be a big dollar figure, but I think more more likely is they're going to draft one. 
Yeah. I don't know if it's a first rounder, though. No. Could be late first. I think it might be like a third rounder or something like that. Um, I mean, it'd be really cool if they traded up for Marvin Harrison. Wouldn't hate that. But I think that's not possible. My dream is that Brock Bowers falls to them. Because I think Brock Bowers can be, well, not a receiver. I think he can be a close to elite pass catcher. You think right. he makes outside the top 10? No, yeah. I don't. I think he's outside of the top 10. I think he's some. I think he's top. Ooh. I'm not going to give a broad range, like 11 to 20. I don't think he'll be a top 10 pick. I think he's going to border on a top 15 pick. But I think there's a decent. I think it's 50 yeah, 50 I, chance that he goes. I, I just after, don't. See, I don't see him getting to 11. I think. I think. I think a lot of te- it depends on who you know what teams are doing. You know, are sitting there in the top 10 when all is said and done with all the trades and everything else. But I just think that he's he could be a transitional talent that transcends. Football, like the way some of the other big time tight ends, I think someone's going to go get him in the top ten. Yeah, uh, I think you I, again. I think he'll be outside of it. Uh, maybe we can make that bet come draft day. Um, was Marvin Zindler a greater Houston icon over Mattress Mac? Nope. <laughs> I don't know. They both have their catchphrases: "Slime and the Ice Machine," and then Mattress Mac's what we say: "Save you, you money." No back, 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 quarter slice. You say that pretty confidently. Yeah. Mattress Mac over Marvin Zindler. He's a legend. Marvin Zindler would run for mayor and lose. Mac would run for mayor and win until he got way too deep into politics recently. But he has done nothing but build up an image that is just like Teflon in this city for the things he's done whenever somebody's down or the, the, the natural disasters and everything else. Marvin told you some things and wore some blue-tinted glasses that was hip for his day, but... I don't think he comes close to scratching the surface on Mac. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. Seven 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 one. Aside from the players, why should anyone give a bleep who won the NIT? Facts. Um, Facts. Because it's it's entertaining. It's you have stakes. You had passion. You had people that actually cared. They were playing hard. There were stakes in early December. Eyeballs. Many things. Lots of things. Lots I feel like things. the LeBron gave the NBA a gift. He validated. Everything that you say about this tournament, Jeremy. Well, whoever won was going to do this. Well, let me ask you guys but LeBron's this. the bigger star for sure. If Indiana wins that game, is it is it, is it different? I mean, is it different? No. Because LeBron won it, now it's exacerbated. Everybody's talking about LeBron, and he got another MVP, and they got this trophy, and it, his speech it was exactly what the NBA it was just loving every word that he said. But if, if Halliburton and those guys are up there doing that, and we're talking about the Pacers winning the, the um, in-season tournament, I think people are going, yeah, it was okay. It was pretty good. I, I, I think know. I think it does change like it the conversation change the ratings. a little bit, but no, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't change the ratings. But you know that you were force fed a ton of the marketing and everything behind it to get excited. But I mean, that's life. Like everything's force fed. Like you more you market things that you want to make big deals. That's like that's what happens. And it works. Yeah. What were you going to say, Joe? I, I just I think LeBron the whole journey he made it seem serious. I, I mean, it, it's it was cheesy. It's definitely one of those things that he viewed as a stat pattern to his resume. I think in the long term. I think he's but, five hundred grand. And five, well, no, because give it all to the rest of his team. I bet you they name him the MVP Why? trophy after him. He doesn't need the money. You're trying to take five hundred thousand dollars out of somebody's wallet. It's a lot of money. Come on, now I, don't get no, into somebody's wallet. No, I'm saying it, I've seen maybe not to. I, I don't know to what degree on every on every occasion. You've seen plenty of big name players. He was the one saying, "My guys that aren't making it yet and haven't made that kind of money yet. I know how important it was to them." And, and you got the Nike money and all the endorsement money and all your money. 
you can just kick it all back to them and be like, you know what? Y'all played yeah. your tails off. I'm going to reward you, too. This is a good point. I think that he's right. I think that Blankers is right. Like, Blankers should be giving us, Joe, all his Linville money, all his Apollo money, all his no. Pajama Grand money, all his I ain't making money. LeBron money. Oh, so now you don't want to do it. But if I was making oh. LeBron... No, here's the thing. Oh. If I was in the same shoes as LeBron, making the money that LeBron's making, knowing I've got enough money for about 800 lifetimes, and it really meant that much to me from the rest of my team, and they went out and, and played with me to win this team. I, I have no problem giving it to the rest of my team. 9392, can you explain what happened to you, Branham? Uh, I'm not going to discuss this, really. Uh, we all know what happened last week. I was suspended. I don't. I it was out. reversed. I, I can't say certain people's names. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. What are your Jake? questions for the Killer B? Seven one. I'm not talking about it anymore. Oh. 713-780-3776. Um, if you had to cut... This is a movie question. Got to keep two baseball films. Major League, The Sandlot, or Bad News Bears. You got to keep two. So which one are you eliminating out of these three? Major League, The Sandlot, Bad News Bears. I don't know that The Bad News Bears has lasted through time. Like, it it was popular for a long time. But I don't think that Buttermaker and all that. I, I think you'd probably go with Major League and Sandlot. See, I'm leaving the Sandlot off. Major League, to me, is the best of these three. Like, if I'm going to sit down for two, two and a half hours and watch a flick, Major League's going to entertain me more than the other two. The Sandlot's, like, kind of cute if you have kids or something. Like, I guess I do. Uh, But Bad News Bears, to me, is more entertaining than the Sandlot. I'm going to leave out the Sandlot. Give me Major League by far. I could leave out the Sandlot and Bad News Bears, no problem. Major League by far. But between the Sandlot and Bad News Bears, give me Bad News Bears. I'm out on Bad News Bears. I keep Sandlot in Major figured. League. You're dated that way, too. But I got two fun facts for you. One, okay. most of my college teammates were in Major League. It was filmed in Milwaukee, and if I didn't wasn't dumb enough to try and finish school in four years and go to summer school, I could have been in it, too. I'm surprised you did that. Yeah, I was. Yeah, my no, pa- finish school in four years. Well, and thank you. And <laughs> that's surprising that you feel that way. And my parents were the ones leading that charge. And in retrospect, I probably should have just gone through with the rest of it like the rest of my teammates. And then... Uh, Lisa dated the, the from Sandlot the the kid oh with the, the main the, character not the was it with the black hair the tall skinny kid I don't know was Benny Benny <laughs> Benny the Jet Lisa dated him at some point what happened to him he's a fireman I think does she have regrets no <laughs> are you sure we have two kids we're fine both things can be true yeah, okay. uh, what about rookie of the year how do you feel about rookie of the year I don't the dislike movie? rookie of the year yes the movie it sucked. I think it's better than the Sandlot. I didn't like it. You don't like Rookie of the Year? I thought Rookie of the Year is pretty good. Mm. You got that weird throw. Do you like the rookie? The rookie is that the one the about the forty-two-year-old yeah, Dennis Quaid? Eh, I like the, the Costner movie was good. For the love of the game. Oh yes, yes, yeah, that was good. What's your favorite baseball movie? Um, mine might surprise you. <laughs> well, you just craft all over mine. The Sandlot. I love it. It's awful. It's great once. The slobber dog and all that. Yeah, it's my favorite baseball movie. I might get crushed for this. A League of Their Own. Really? A League of Their Own is easily the best baseball movie ever made. I, I like Bull Durham. Bull Durham's good. It's no League of Their Own. I like Major League. Major League's funnier. You know what no I doubt. think? I, for some reason, it just it's kind of it was overrated to me. Was the natural? Yeah, it's kind of. I, lo- I love Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams was awesome. Jerry, can you open up the uh, just bad take Boulevard bracket? You don't like a League of Their Own? They're League, no. of, League of Their Own. Look at the cast. I think on a Field League of, of Their Dreams own. sucks. They're they're 
I didn't say Field of Dreams. I know. I'm saying. You thought Field of Dreams Tom sucked? Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, Madonna. Rosie O'Donnell. It's a good I cast. mean, the cast is unbelievable. There was the, the bench coach is like a popular guy. I can't think of his name. Um, it's, a, it's a great movie with a great cast. Well, the bench coach uh, for Bull Durham was great, too. Yeah. There was a Robert, whatever. Bull Durham, I do like Bull Durham. Bull Durham's yeah. very good. Bull, yeah. Bull Durham is very good. What an interesting list to send us, though. Major League, Sandlot, Bad If you've Bears. seen it on Twitter when they do this, I think you have like six or nine choices. Yeah, I, I don't like Field of Dreams. I don't enjoy that movie. Why? I Field don't of know. Dreams is, I, I don't dislike it, me. but it's kind of boring. Joe, I, you know what? Here's the thing, too. Your dad's still alive, which yeah. is fantastic. When he says that he wants to have a catch with his dad again, no one especially says when like your that. dad's gone, and I know they don't use that phrase, but just what's happening in front of you, to avoid the technicality, you I tear up in a hurry because well, yeah, you like, wish you could have another that, catch with your that dad. That one moment is good. That, sports that's movies, not true. There's a lot of good moments in that movie. I think sports movies are largely overrated. Agreed. And I think that the, most of them who make them need to hire experts on what actually happens in sports because there is yeah. unbelievable moments and probably ruins it for me because I need things to be believable. There's unbelievable moments in every single sports movie that makes me sour towards that movie. Yeah, the reality is always something in question. You need a better consultant list because you, know, you see these like on the Top Gun movies where they bring in the true Top Gun pilots to make sure it's real. I should do the same thing with sports movies. <laughs> this guy said Brewster's Million. Ocho says Brewster's Millions is the best baseball movie ever. It's not a baseball movie. Dumb ones like Somebody Angels. said Mr. 3000. That movie's terrible. That's awful. And what about Angels in terrible. the Outfield? Astros are featured in Mr. 3000, though. They're also featured in the Bad News Bears. They are. The Dome is. The Dome. Yeah. And Bob Watson. Yeah, that's right. Seven one three seven eight zero espn Speaking of baseball and money and billions, uh, Shohei Otani got $700 million <laughs> over a 10-year span. He's going to get, like... Furs and the, like all these things that the Dodgers aren't going to have to pay under the luxury tax. Shady, if you ask me. I do think that Shohei's worth seventy million a year when he's at his best, when he's pitching and when he's hitting. But how many of the ten years will he be that? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees. ESPN. <laughs> Somebody said Joanna Man, the best sports movie. Seven one three. Joe reminds him of Engelbert from the Bad News Bears. Three seven seven six. Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. All right, you get into a car accident. The name to know is Hollingsworth Law Firm. Put it in your phone. Put it in your notes. Write it down on a pad. Whatever you got to do, you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm if you're ever in a car accident. Somebody you know is in a car accident. Hey, I know who you need. You need Hollingsworth Law Firm. The beauty of Hollingsworth Law Firm, too, amongst a bunch of different things, you don't have to pay a single cent until you win your case. It's phenomenal because the thing is, when you're looking for a lawyer to represent you in a very big and life possibly life-changing moment in your life when you're talking about an auto accident and making sure you come out of it okay, your vehicle comes out of it okay, you don't miss work or lose your job because of it. You need someone that specializes in car wrecks like Steve Hollingsworth and his law firm. And the better thing about that is they're the experts and they only get paid if they win, which means there's extra motivation to have an expert on your side to go fight those pesky insurance companies that are nickel and diamond, to fight the other driver, especially if it was their fault, to make sure you get what you deserve and not what they want you to take. And they're going to fight with you every step of the way. You don't pay a single dime until you win your case. You don't have to deal with these pesky insurance companies that no one wants to deal with. Put it in your phone now. 713-999-8773. Consultations are free. 713-999-8773. Visit them online. CarWreckTexas.com. CarWreckTexas.com. All right. Shohei Otani got tons of money. $700 million over 10 years. $70 million per. Uh, I think when he's at his best, he is... Worth that uh, from a 
baseball standpoint. As a hitter, as a pitcher, you combine the two. I think he is worth seventy million a year. Now, some people will come at you with the marketing stuff. What's his value is like as an entertainer? I, I don't know. That's that's tough to like put into terms. Now, Keith from L.A., hey, Brian, I'm now that Shohei Otani's a Dodger. Is he still your favorite player? He's my favorite non-Astro. Now that he's a Dodger, I'll have to think about it. I do like Shohei Otani. I think he's the greatest player we'll ever see in our lifetime. Blankers is a tough one with Ruth and Otani, but I think Otani's better. Just keep going to that card, huh? Uh, see, the thing to me is is you, I, I know what side you were on of this. It goes back to, and I guess the Astros' philosophy and then some, but when you, you're signing him to that amount of money, your return on investment starts with him being playing both positions. This is his second Tommy John. He's not going to pitch for you this year. We'll see if he's ready for next year. And then because of the length of the contract, at the end of the contract, when one, he has to play both positions, and two, you're expecting, you're hoping that he's still somewhat, I get it that the the money is going to make it more affordable as years go on, but the return on investment at that length of a deal, at that amount of money, and with he's what you're expecting him to do with the injuries he's had, I think it's a massive question. What mark. was the what was the answer to the question? I, I you think said it, you know the you know you said you know I know my you believe that he's worth it. I think no, that's not what I said. I, I said that at his best, he's worth seventy million dollars a year. I don't think anybody can be worth seventy million over ten years. Uh, the question is, how many of the ten years will he be worth it? If we think that Shohei oh, at I his best is a pitcher and is a hitter, uh, whenever because I mean two years ago when he was pitching and hitting, I think he was worth seventy million dollars a year. He's one of the best offensive players in baseball. Judge makes forty. Mm-hmm. He can be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Verlander and Scherzer make thirty-five. I think Cole's right around thirty-five as well. So you you add that together, that's seventy-five million. Shohei at seventy, it can live up. Up to that, but how many of those ten years will he be able to do that? Real, real quick before we get to that, Joe has his deferrals. Yeah, the deferrals on it's really weird. Uh, like he can defer a bunch of money. The Dodgers don't have to claim it on their competitive balance tax, like their actual like luxury tax payroll, which I think is stupid. I don't like that rule at all. Tom Brady asked in terms of like taking, well, le- but he's sports, still going to get the money. But yeah, different sports for the team, right? And it's different sports, so like. You know, Brady's figure was always the cap figure. He was taking less money, so he would take, you know, less mm-hmm. of a cap figure. Shohei Otani is going to make $70 million a year, uh, but a lot of that money is going to be kicked towards the end of that contract when he's no longer playing, I guess. Okay, Here so are the Bobby Bonilla it. in it? So this is, just, this, is, this is how the deal is going to work, okay? We'll start here. The collective bargaining tax on Shohei Otani's contract is going to be $46 million a year. Shohei Otani is going to defer 68 of his $70 million per year. And he is going to get paid that money from 2034 to 2043 without tax. So he's actually only going to make $2 million every year over the next 10 years. His CBT is $46 million. So he's a $46 million player now. Total. Basically. Not per year. 46 per year. No, his collective bargaining tax is $46 million. So apparently you can defer it, but not defer all of it. But he only counts $2 million. No, he counts $46 million, oh. but he's only actually going to pocket $2 million. The $68 million is going to be deferred until 2034, every single year until 2043, which is insane. Okay, well, at least $46 million is a significant so it's Bo- figure. So it is Bobby Bonilla-esque, right? Yeah. But the, the, but way bigger. But the problem, like I don't care sure. when he's making his money. What I care about is how much of the seventy million is going against the competitive balance sure. payroll. I don't care when he's getting paid. I don't care when Shohei Otani's getting paid by the Dodgers. I don't care if it's Bobby Bonilla. What I care about from an Astros point of view is that 
it should count $70 million. Like, if you're signing a guy to a $700 million contract for 10 years, who cares when you're paying it? Who cares if you're kicking the can down the road? Who cares if he's giving you a loan until, you know, 15 years from now? You should have to pay the AAV. Like, I, and I don't know why that changed. I think it was different in the previous CBA. Uh, the most recent CBA I was reading, like, changed things a little bit here. I don't think this should be legal. If you sign a guy to a $700 million deal, over 10 years, I don't care when you pay them. You could pay them in 20 years, 50 years, 100 years. I don't care. But as it comes to the CBT payroll, the luxury tax payroll, that should be $70 million AAV, in my opinion. See, and, and this is with the old, like, James Harden with all the different moves he used to pull or things like that. Does the league step in before it's executed and say, now we can't do that? It's for the rules. Or because it's in the CBA, is it shame on everybody else for not being this creative and trying to make a deal that turns out so well for the team yet still is is obviously awesome for the player uh this is a bad deal should, they're not you, gonna be should able to your numbers it. guys in each, in each of your front offices be chastised going why didn't you think of this i, I mean nobody's giving out 700 million dollar deals yeah but, no, why can't but, jim, do it. but why can't jim crane give out a 300 million dollar deal to kyle tucker for 10 years kyle tucker only makes five million dollars his collective bargaining tax is only thirty million because Jim Crane doesn't want to be on the hook for three hundred million dollars. I know it doesn't matter when he pays. <laughs> it. Easy answer. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he pays yeah. it in thirty years or he pays it now. Like he just doesn't want to pay it. Look, this is it's creative. You clearly have to have a player like Otani that, like this athletic article says, he makes fifty million dollars per year annually away from the diamond. So he's clearly comfortable with making how much? Fifty. Fifty. Yeah, internationally, I can see that. So like, it, I get it, but it should. Jeremy, you're right. It, you should not be able to pay a player. Legal. That contract, and then it only count forty six million of the seventy. Yeah, I don't, and I don't care when they pay it. I have no problem that he's deferring it. I have no problem that he's doing a Bobby Bonilla deal. That's fine to me. But you should be on the hook. Your luxury tax figure, your luxury tax payroll, your CBT payroll should be seventy million a year. That's what it should be. Like it, it, it kind of like you're reinventing the will. Mm-hmm. And the reason they put these luxury tax you know, burdens on these big market teams was so they wouldn't gain this huge advantage. You're telling me the Dodgers aren't gaining a huge advantage today? Massive. Like this luxury tax burden isn't penalizing the Dodgers when they put this in place to penalize the well, big not, market teams. It's now, not this penalizing them. It's actually helping them immensely because they need pitching and they're going to go out now and spend spend on pitching and get even better. And only the big market teams could do things right, like this. Right. Like it, you're right, it is like helpful to big market. So I hate that. I hate the deferral, deferral stuff. Uh, back to the original question: seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If we assume that Shohei at his best is worth seventy million a year, I think that he is. Whenever he's pitching and hitting well, uh, I think he's probably worth seventy five ish million. How many of the next ten years, which is where his contract is at, how many of the next ten years will he be able to hit that seventy million dollars worth of return? on investment five well it's higher than me we know he's not doing it next year he's not pitching i think he has two to three years of being able to be the best hitter and the best pitcher left in the game i don't think he's pitching throughout the whole 10 years of this deal either by the way the the back half of this i think the pitching's done i'll say at most three three at most ceiling to me is five okay where you at on this joe george what is the absolute ceiling i was gonna go six wow okay Okay. you are high i'm a I'm a Shohei guy. I just don't think he's going to be pitching at an elite level that much longer. And here's the thing. If you're making $70 million a year, because he's a two-way player, and again, I think he's worth it when he's pitching his best and hitting his best, you have to be at the top of your game offensively. You have to be at the top of your game as a pitcher at the same exact time for a full year if you're going to get a return on investment of $70 million. I think he does it two, three times max. Now, from a marketing standpoint, is he worth the seventy million? Probably. Yeah. Regional well, networks, all of this, probably. 
you're never going to get all of it back, but the fact that it's different in baseball than it is in football and basketball, and you control your own broadcasting rights and television rights, we talked about this in the past, internationally, you get to reap the benefit of making TV deals as the Dodgers for his games all over Asia and all over you want to go to, and they're going to play on, pay ungodly amounts of money, take it from someone that the league, we know what the league capitalized on when Yao was at his peak, and what we've seen what the Mariners did when they had Ichiro and how much get, they got back. The, the deals, the TV deals internationally are going to be massive for the Dodgers. This is so weird. Such a weird deal. Let's sneak in Robbie here. 713-780-3776. Robbie, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up? Yes, sir. How y'all doing today? Great. Okay. Now, as far as um, how is it that when Showtaste jerseys and, and all his, everything is sold, who gets the brunt of the money from uh, that sales? Dodgers. Dodgers. Dodgers and MLB, right? Probably Major League Baseball yeah, they cut. Dispensers, it dispenses across all teams. Yeah, it's not like like a concert where the band gets the merch. Like the team gets the merch, and, and some of the league, the league would probably get a tax on it too. Yeah, Robbie, did you call him Showcase? <laughs> Do I now? What'd you call his first name? Showcase. Otani. Yeah, Otani. Okay, close enough. <laughs> appreciate appreciate it, Robbie. Yeah, this is. Cr- I'm still coming to terms with this contract. This is ridiculous. Like it's a cheat code. That's a that it's in the rules. Passing? Did you read the passing tweet, or did you read it from somewhere else? Uh, no, the guy who broke it. Otani's seven hundred million contract costs for him to be paid only two million a year for the next ten seasons, yeah. while six hundred and eighty millions deferred until the end of the deal. That's that's. I'm uh, telling you right now, a year. I, I understand why everybody else has a problem with it, but whoever concocted that on the Dodgers side is genius. How is the CBT forty six too? I wonder. There must be some kind of like, like you can formula? only. Some formula of like deferment plus what he's actually getting paid equals forty six. This is this should be illegal. This should not be allowed in Major League Baseball. I wonder where the uh, I would love to see the deferrals too. Like not from a baseball standpoint, just from like a like I like finances standpoint. Like I, I'm curious. Okay, he's getting two million for the next ten seasons, so that's twenty million total. So he's owed six hundred and eighty million dollars after that. What are the payouts here? Is it's, he getting well? I would love to that? see it because of how big said, of a story the Bonilla contract was years and years yeah, and years. He's still years getting past. paid. Yeah, he was getting a million a year for the last which, what ten years of the deal, which is not smart for Bonilla. Bonilla would have been better getting a lump sum and, and handling his retirement funds and all that himself. It's it wasn't 20, a good financial deal for Bonilla. It's twenty thirty four to twenty forty three. So twenty years. So so ten years. You said twenty four to forty. No, you said thirty four no, to forty. Thirty four. So ten years. Yeah. So you and, get, is he getting paid for ten years? He's getting sixty eight million a year for ten yeah, years, roughly. And there's no like tax stuff with like Bonilla. And it doesn't count on the, on the payroll. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke! That is ridiculous. You made the list, Major League Baseball. You Robert Manfred, Tony Clark put you over the coals. All right, Tank Dell. He missed another game for the Texans. Second time that Tank Dell has missed a game this season. The two games without Tank Dell has shown you what. 713-780-ESPN. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. He's blank. I'm Branham. Uh, Texans had, they didn't have Tank Dell yesterday. Also lost Nico Collins three plays in the game. Uh, Tank Dell has uh, missed two games for the Texans. What have the two games that he has missed shown you? What does it tell you? 713-780-3776. Well, I mean, the, the obvious is that in a short period of time, he's become the second most important guy in your offense. That is uh, a legitimate season changer in a lot of ways, um, and that you got him. You know, you got him for a long period of time. I heard people saying you should already wrap him up and long term deal him and do all these things. And I'm not, I'm not going to do that this quickly because I like the situation that they're in. But at a certain point, I'm going to explore that. But you know that aside for how important having your franchise quarterback is. 
and, and nailing it right now with C.J. Stroud that you also came out in the third round with your second best offensive player, and that's a you know that's that just tells you how how important it is going forward too that we need to create the tank rules and they need to follow them. Couple of the uh, the text on this zero six one three. I think yesterday was a big sign that the real MVP of the season has been Tank Dell. Uh, I think that's a reach. I think it's a reach. Uh, I think too. it's. I love Tank Dell. He's been awesome. One of the best rookie receivers in the NFL. Uh, not going to say he's the MVP. Like yesterday, there was a lot of circumstances, things like that, uh, that came into play. Now, if you do look at the numbers of the two games that Tank Dell has, the Texans have missed Tank Dell. He's been out two full games. Now, he's left a couple of games early, but he's been out two full games. Uh, one was the, uh, the game against the Saints right before the bye. The other one was yesterday. 13 points the Texans have, combined, have uh, averaged in those two games. They scored 20 in the win against the Saints, mm-hmm. and they scored... What, six points yesterday? Yeah, they scored six points, missed the extra point. So they've averaged 13 points without Tang Dell. From a yardage standpoint, it's ugly. They've averaged 216 yards in two games without Tang Dell. Is it fair, though, that the Jets game, and I know you don't want to mention weather. But is no, it we're fair? not talking about weather. But, that's not but when excuse. CJ Weather's only throws for 91 yards. That's not. That's, that's a just, major factor. Was and, it because of weather? Yep. It wasn't because of weather. Zach wasn't through for three hundred well, yards. I think it was in part. It, the, it was a part. You you haven't had your full complement of receivers for quite some time now. So when you look at it, when you had you know, I, look, and I already said he's the, the second most important guy on your team. But when you look at what happened and and, and in the comparison, the the, the offensive numbers on. Yeah, Zach Wilson threw. But from a Texans perspective, now you're down Tank and you're down Nico and you're asking guys that aren't capable of doing the roles that they're now bumped up to fill. Uh, and he didn't play. CJ didn't play the whole game. I think it's skewed by the fact that those things all play into uh, those numbers. I mean, he for played one a, of the two games. The Saints played, game, I'm not arguing. Right, but he played all but six minutes. Yeah, but he played with a, a very depleted set of resources. Yeah, he did. He did. I, I do think that it's. I think. I think the Texans are better offensively than thirteen points a game and two hundred and sixteen yards per game. Uh, I think they're probably closer to twenty points and like two hundred and seventy-five yards without Tank Dell. Total. Yeah. Not just passing yards. Total. Okay. Yeah. Total. I don't think their offense is very good without Tank. For, I mean, when you look at when no, again, you saw flashes when Noah Brown was great when when. Singletary was great, but part of that is because they're the third and fourth receiver, and also as opposed because you got to pay elevated. more attention to Tank. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I'm I, I'm not arguing the fact that he's the second most important player on the entire team. No, we're, we're we're nitpicking exactly like how much value is there. Like the Jets game yesterday, like I understand how you could throw that out because not only was it Tank, but it was also Schultz, it was also Nico. The Jets defense. I'm not using weather. The Jets defense is really good. Yeah, like the Jets defense really is really good. Their front four is really good. Like we lose in in the whole Jets are terrible because their offense can't move the ball except for yesterday. Uh, best performance they've had all year in in a game was yesterday, and they did that. Might in have been thirty Zach minutes. Wilson's best performance of his life. Yeah, and they did all of that in thirty minutes. Like, but if you go back to the the game in which they played the Saints, I mean, you had. Dalton Schultz, you had Nico Collins, you had both Singletary and Pierce. The only thing that you didn't have was Tank Dell. And you go back to that game, and I know it was before the bye. CJ Stroud was 13 of 27 in that game, under 200 yards. So, like, the offense in the Saints defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, what will it look like against Tennessee with a defense who's not as good as those two teams? The impact of Tank Dell is massive, though. I think it's really, it really it big. It absolutely is. But I think that it's also. It's on Bobby Slowick as well, too, to be able to kind of turn the page and audibleize and have a plan that has a chance to work. 
instead of just sticking with plan A and kind of piecemealing the guys that aren't even close to being Tank Dell or Nico Collins or Dalton Schultz all over the field and say, we can still do this. I think going forward, if this team is still going to fight for a playoff spot with as important as, as Tank is, and for depending on how long CJ and, and Nico are, are out, you have to find a way to think outside the box of what you believed was your, your best offensive game plan. And you've got to get guys in space and you've got to get guys where they're more comfortable. I can't see Mechie trying to, they tried for a while. Mechie can't run the same routes and do the same things as Tank Dell. And, and just like Hutchinson can't do the kind of things that Nico can do. And that's on Bobby Slowick to kind of start adjusting on the fly, too. It's, it's difficult, though. Like, if you're an OC and all of a sudden you're without your best players, your offense is going to look worse, even if you're scheming up the greatest stuff on earth. Like, but that's it's where you got you you to dummy it down a little bit. You got to get me, I don't even, I dare I say more vanilla, but you've got to do some different things just to kind of, maybe it's not as sexy, but it might be at least as effective enough to move the chains and get a few more points on the board to your point about what they're averaging with and without it. Uh, battery Chuck without Dell teams can man coverage more and their other receiver the other receivers can't get separation. Tank was the best on the team at getting separation. Nico's pretty good at it too and just a bigger body. Uh 713-780-ESPN. Two games without Tank Dell has shown you what? What it what it's shown me is that they shouldn't use him as a blocker in the box. Oh, there's no doubt. And you I, and I were I, both on that page. And I don't want to like revisionist history this a whole lot, but we're seeing the impact of what and look, is are the numbers is it small sample size? Is it really this bad? Probably not. Like the Jets game yesterday, you hope is an outlier. Saints was before the bye. But you played two full games without Tank Dell and your team has averaged thirteen points and two hundred and sixteen yards. That those are facts. Now are there outliers there? Is it an anomaly? Sure, maybe, but the offense is lost. The offense is uh, lost is a big word. The offense is struggling whenever they don't have Tank Dell playing football. And last week we were even talking about you know the the impact he has to uh, the, the Texans' offense. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not as a good football as good a football player as Tyreek Hill is today. But like Tyreek, Tank Dell is very, very important and vital to the success of the Houston Texans offense. What it tells me is, let's not use that guy in the land of Giants, much like the Dolphins don't no use Tyreek Hill in the land of Giants. Body, body type and physicality different. Impact uh, and explosiveness, same, between Tank and Hill for and, this year. And the desire to keep them safe. So the thing is, from a coaching perspective, why I'm not jumping off of this hill and I'm st- st- sticking with the exact same thing I've said all along that you've also said, which was he shouldn't have been in on that play. Keep him from himself. If everybody's saying he's a football player, he makes football plays, so he came from slightly outside and he inserted himself into that pile then don't put him in the game for that reason on top of everything else. Because as a football player, no matter what he wants to do, what you need him to do are the things that impactfully he needs a leg for that's intact instead of going in and getting a lineman to lay all over it, snap it, and and lose your most impactful weapon. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Uh, losing Tank is like the Finns losing Tyreek. I don't disagree. Like I in a don't different think, way. No, I think it's the same way. The impact that they have to their offense. I'm not yeah. saying Tank's on the same level as Tyreek, but the impact right. and the importance they have to their team's offense is vital. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Lamont, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Lamont? Hey man, uh, uh, let me call back, man. Totally forgot what I was going to say. All right. <laughs> Appreciate that, Lamont. I told you, Lamont. We look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, 713. Put Lamont on the list, by the way, and he might be nominated for the car wreck of the day. Uh, 713-780-3776. Back out to the HRP listener line. Philip, you're in the hive with the bees. What's going on? 
Hey guys, uh, just want to know your thoughts. I, I saw the Andrew Beck catch over the weekend and one of the better plays they had. I'm curious if that might be a wrinkle that they look to to try to get him maybe in some sort of creative situations more. He seems like you get the ball in his hands in space. It's his size. He's a little tougher to bring down. And he's actually got a little bit of surprising speed for a guy his size. He does have speed. Appreciate it, Philip. I don't, I don't know that I'm going to make Andrew – I don't know I'm going to make him – a wrinkle. The uh, the the difficulty. Look, I like Beck as a player. Uh, Beck takes a lot of heat on Twitter. I've noticed, and I, I don't know if it's all that justified. I, I think Beck's good um, at now, the job he's supposed to do. Right, and I th- I think he's a pretty good pass catching fullback. There's not many fullbacks left in the NFL. I, I think he's fine. Like as far as using him as a weapon, I think that's probably far fetched. And also, the difficulty of using Beck as a weapon is they're. What are the Texans pretty poor at right now? Protecting the quarterback. If Beck's in the football game, he's either pass, he's either blocking with the run, uh, he's getting a fullback dive because the Texans love that play, or he's staying into cover. Now, Slowick used him on that long pass play and actually was the leading receiver for the Texans through three quarters. That's how pathetic the Houston Texans offense was yesterday. I don't hate using him more in the pass game. I stopped short of calling him a weapon. You might have to be more creative because you don't have Tank Dell the rest of the year. You might not have Nico Collins for a little while. So now your options are pretty limited. So I, I will agree to use Beck a little bit more. I, I stopped short of calling him any sort of weapon. But I also think that the reason why he's been successful in the past to show off his speed or do some of the things he's been able to do is because it's been unexpected. Because they're sure. focusing on everything else. Now, when suddenly you throw that wrinkle in because you have all that extra talent on the field that has to be focused on, you get him in space. You get him to show his speed. Even on the kick return, it was because no one was expecting him to be a guy that was going to return a kick. And he went nuts, and he showed that he could sprint down the sideline and, and elude people. So I think that the element of surprise, using him as a, as a random element as opposed to a guy that you're going to try and use as a steady element, is a big difference as well. Yeah, um, I, I like it more as element of surprise than a weapon. Like, you're not going to yeah. sit him on pass routes 25 times a game and then hope he has, like, 10 catches, 110 yards. I think it's more element of surprise, like you mentioned, like we saw yesterday. Now, I do think he's skilled for a fullback, to Phillip's point. I, I, do, I do like his skill set. He's not, he's not your he's check of the, the Niners, yeah. but he, he's got the same kind of makeup, right? That he's he's faster than you think, he's strong, but yet he's Much got soft faster hands. Than you yeah. think. Like, the, the kick return, they said he was the fastest. He was blazing. Like, he was the fastest guy on the field. Wasn't it 20 some, 21 yeah. miles an hour or he, something like that? He, he does have a skill set that intrigues me. He's got decent hands. He's got the speed. He just The Texans haven't been able to use him really in that role. And I think it's more, you know, element of surprise, disguise, than, than lining him up and letting him run 25 routes a game. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. This texture uh, says that uh, the Texans need to plan for Tank being out more in the future. He's a small dude, and it'll probably happen again. You're probably right. Look, Tank Dell is going to play, what, 11 games this season? That means he's lost nearly a third of his rookie year. Why? Because of injury. Like those, that's the fact of the matter. Whenever they drafted him, he's a very small guy. He's probably going to be prone to injury. He's the, one of the smallest NFL football players ever. So, yeah, he's going to be injured at times, whether it's a plan to have an idea of what you do whenever Tank is off the field, which the Texans didn't really have that luxury this year with the salary cap and the draft. Uh, they were hoping Metchie would be that guy. Or it's a better understanding of how to utilize him and where he's at on the football field at all times. Yeah, at all times. It's just like anything else when you're it's a learning experience and you hopefully you're never worse off for learning a hard lesson that yeah, you're going to lose him for the rest of the year, but next time he's going to be he's going to be okay and make a full recovery and next time you're not even in a situation where that could be considered again because 
it's a tough lesson to be taught in the way that it was taught to you with the position this football team was in, but don't do it again. Don't ever do it again, and don't even consider it because that that one or two yards that you could have gained by him being a, a small factor in, in a small play means you lose so many big plays along the way, and it could be like more than just a season the next. Don't do it ever again. Ever Learn again. from it. 713-780-3776. Let's give our golf grade to C.J. Stroud and the performance he had yesterday. we got to do it. We're, we're committed to our routine. We're creatures of habit. Golf grade for C.J. Stroud, 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Guys, it is the holiday season, and that means there's tons of bowl games coming up, and you want to be ready for it. Nothing keeps the holidays going and the gift that keeps on giving better than more football and more ways that you can cash in on it by putting money down on it. And the way you do it best is to go to mybookie.ag. I tell you about doing that all the time because they're going to have all the odds and all the games and the in-game betting, and they do it on so many different sports, pro football, college football, pro basketball, college basketball, you name it, from golf and and all the different sports that are going on, soccer, UFC. You want to put some money down on a professional sporting event or a college game? Chances are you can do it all at mybookie.ag. And they take care of you along the way, too, for being a loyal customer. They've been in business for over a decade. They ain't going anywhere. Neither is your money. It's going to be safe and secure. And when you want to look for a place that's going to take care of you, start and end with mybookie.ag because they've got the prize wheel where you can spin for all different kinds of crazy odds, and you can get some crazy odds where you have a chance for a massive payday you weren't expecting. But more so than anything else, when you sign up and make a deposit bonus, you get the deposit bonus when you make a deposit. It's fantastic. Remember our promo code. It's bet975. Use it all the time and every time when you see enter a code because you are going to reap the benefits immediately. Anything from $50 to $1,000 right now, they're going to double it. So if you put in 50 bucks in your account, you're going to have 100 instantly. They're going to put another 50 on top of it. More money in your account, more games you can bet on, more chances you can win. That's why they take care of you every step of the way as well. And the other thing that you're going to have to remember is is the fact that there's so many things going on that sometimes there's going to maybe you have insomnia. You wake up in the middle of the night. Damn, there's no games to bet on. What do I do? Live dealers standing by. And those dealers are going to have blackjack and they're going to have poker and they're going to have casino games so that you can keep the action going. They are always looking for your best. All right, let's um, let's grade C.J. Stroud's performance yesterday. We're creatures of habit. Uh, habit. We're routine-oriented. We do things that we do each and every day. One of those things that we do each and every Monday is that we grade C.J. Stroud. We give him a golf grade. Lately, we've been doing the boxing grade, too, going toe-to-toe. Ooh, don't uh, with the other quarterback. We're going to have to. Creatures of habit. We've got to do both. We've got to do both. Uh, C.J. Stroud yesterday. Pull up his numbers here. I try to block this website. 10 of 23 from the uh, completion to, you know, attempts point of view. It's less than 50%. You can do the math on that. Less than a hundo. 91 yards. Ooh. He averaged four yards per an attempt. He was sacked four times. He almost got sacked for as many yards as he threw. Uh, 38 yards lost, 91 yards throw. His QBR was a 6.5, and his quarterback rating was a 54.8. He also didn't have a carry, which is good for, with my bet for Joe, or my good for my bet with Joe. So give him the golf grade here, Blankers. And I, I was thinking, obviously, it was going to be uh, in the – in the red numbers, but I'm going to go double bogey. I thought about a triple, but from a turnover perspective, he didn't turn it over. But when you don't throw for 100 yards and your completion percentage isn't as elite 50%, but it isn't, it isn't great. And 
all things considered, the abomination that was that entire performance by the team in the offense, I'll, I'll, I'll soft sell it a little bit, but say double bogey. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think a double bogey is fair. I'm going to give Stroud a bogey here, though. Um, I'm not going to say weather conditions because we're not doing that on this show today, not listening to weather excuses. He was without top his top three targets, though. I mean, did not have Tank coming into the game. Did not have Dalton Schultz coming into the game. Lost Nico Collins on after the third play of the game. He had to deal with that secondary for the Jets. He had Sauce Gardner that was blanketing Noah Brown. Like, that's a mismatch. Uh, that front four of the Jets that was abusing the Texans' offensive line. I'm not looking forward to watching this all 22. Because I saw Michael Dieter's pro football focus grade today. It was like in the 20s. In the 20s, Quinnen Williams destroyed that poor man, and I, I'm fearful of what I'm going to see when I watch that All-22, and I fear I'm going to have nightmares about it. Uh, the overall performance was awful. I look at all the things that happened offensively with the injuries to the receivers and Dalton Schultz, with the poor play of the offensive line, especially the interior. The interior of the offensive line. Bobby Slowick's game plan was terrible. Jets have a good defense. I'm going to give them the rookie curve and give them a bogey. I'm gonna give. Mm. I'm gonna I give. Think you're being, I think you're being very kind. You might be right. You might be right. I'm gonna give CJ Stroud a bogey here. I, I just, Joe, I I can't say like if they if we, he loses the football game, and or he turns it over, at, you know, a time or two, I can give him a bogey. But just the overall body of work and losing the football game and looking across the field and knowing the other guy did it way better. He didn't turn it over though. I know he didn't turn it over. I mentioned it. I just think that in this case, it's one of those rare occasions where they played so bad overall. He did look. The guy said some drops, but we know how he likes to kind of get off script or just you know kind of audibleize by stepping up in the pocket, sliding, moving, doing those things, and then just dumping it down. Those things didn't happen. The uh, he didn't turn it over. I know you. He also didn't turn it over. The um, if they traded jerseys, Wilson and Stroud. I think Wilson would have had a worse game than Stroud. You think Wilson would have been worse if with you the traded their situation get, yesterday? Yeah. yeah, if you traded their situation yesterday, I think Wilson would have been worse. Probably throws a few picks. I think throws a few picks. Yeah, but I, Stroud Stroud got away with a couple though. By the way, again he, got, he did. He you got sure away did. with a couple. Yeah, I, I mean, I I I go with the double as well. I, I just thought it was a absolutely poor f- performance from CJ Stroud, and maybe I I, I want to look past the rookie wall and just what he did, but it was just it was all around bad. The only reason why I, I almost leaned bogey was because you know could he have tried to pull off some magic if he didn't get the concussion? Yes. But I, I'm going double bogey on this one. Okay, maybe I'm being maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. I have been, you know, given a riot act. There's certain things I'm not supposed to say anymore. So maybe it's me trying to curry over good goodwill and good favor. Maybe I've gotten a little soft. You getting to force them together with McCullers and Jordan and uh, maybe maybe yeah. I, maybe we call ourselves the soft four. Pause. All right, let's do a boxing grade now. We're, we're great. We're uh, judging a round of boxing. Zach Wilson, C.J. Stroud, they had a round of boxing yesterday. How are you I'm not as familiar with this boxing judge stuff as you guys, but I'm going to say, what is it, 10-7? No, 10-7's a lot. Like, 10-7's like you've probably been on the brink of being TKO'd. Like, 10-7's very, very rare. Very, very rare. I'm yeah, not even sure out. I've seen a 10-7 round. 10-8. 10-7. He did get to... knocked out, to Joe's point. <laughs> That's a good point. It's insensitive, but it's a good point. He didn't throw for 100 yards, <laughs> and if you're comparing him to the other guy throwing haymakers, the, the, the guy that's not supposed to be any good threw for 300. Joe just talked me into it. Uh, he no, got knocked out. No, because Tim- he, got, he, was, he was losing the fight. He was losing the round, and he got knocked out before the final bell rung. 
Zach Wilson knocked out C.J. Stroud yesterday. Typically, Joe's right. Typically, Joe's right. a 10-7 would probably be a knockdown, and you probably threw a low blow. Oh, you can so probably you, point deducted. So you probably get a point deducted, and you got your butt That's kicked. probably true. So I, 10-8's I, a dominating round. Okay. Yeah. 10-8's a dominating round. So I go 10-9 just because Zach Wilson was so bad in the first half that like I'm not going to – The second half covered up. I, I know, but like it, it was a total fight. I'm going 10-9. You went 10-8, Blinkers? Yep. I would have went 10-8 until Joe talked me into the Zach Wilson wins by knockout. So oh, you can do that? Oh, so you're just going knockout. If you didn't make it to the end. Oh, okay. You then did. That's true. He didn't make it to the but end. But was it an illegal punch? It didn't oh, get called. But it didn't get called. True. It can't be illegal if it didn't get called. Good point. Hey, from the betting perspective on this, too, when you do the comparisons, who would have thought from an over-under perspective that at halftime it looked so good that this might be so monumental in terms of teams not scoring points between the Jets and the Texans? Who would have thought that the Vikings and the Raiders would have ended up with a lesser score of three to nothing? That was bizarre. Unreal. Indoors. No weather. You can't speak of it because it wasn't there. No, that, I don't know how that happened. That was a stupid game. You know who had the, the Jets and Texans over 33 and a half? Your boy did. Did you? I did. It was not pretty you at the half. You at halftime? I had forgotten about it. I think I actually, honestly, I think I gave up on it. I think I knew that I had the over in this game, and I think I gave up on it. I was like, this is never getting over. And the fact, the first time I looked at the, t- the total was when you just brought it up. Mm. I had given up on it completely. I forgot that I had the over in this game. Thank I you, I couldn't Zach believe when I saw the freaking score of the Vikings-Raiders game going, it ended 3 nothing. Yeah, I had the over in that game, though, so. <laughs> Ouch. Net wash. So you go double boat. Y'all go yeah. double bogey on Stroud. I went bogey. I'm getting a little soft in the middle now. Uh, but then you have 10 8. Y'all both have 10 8. Wilson over Stroud. I got Wilson over Stroud in a knockout. Yeah, if I knew you could do that, you can, I would. You can change yeah, it. I, yeah I'll, I'll do it with a knockout. It's obvious. Right. He got knocked out of the game. So you and I have him with a knockout. Joe, who brought us the idea, is going to go 10 8. Yep. He doesn't want to be the insensitive one. All right, 713-780-ESPN. Uh, how would you grade them? 713-780-3776. Uh, was there a bigger win for the Cowboys yesterday? Was that a bigger win for the Cowboys or a bigger loss for the Eagles? We'll dive into that Kansas City reaction to the Tony offsides again as well. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now, I want to remind you again, if you haven't started or even got close to finishing your Christmas shopping and your holiday gift guide involves a significant other that you just don't know what to get for her and you're struggling for ideas, let me give you an idea that's going to make you look like a hero all year long, and it's a gift that's going to keep on giving for you as well. It's Pajamagram.com. Pajamagram.com, I've been speaking for them for years and telling you guys it's the easiest, best way to do your holiday shopping for a significant other, primarily because you don't have to fight the malls and the crowds and the parking and all the different crap that you got to do to spend all that extra time uh, shopping and then wrapping the gift. All you got to do is go to pajamagram.com, and I always tell you about the naturally nude pajamas. I'm telling you about them now because there's a special deal going on that makes it even better to go to pajamagram.com. Naturally nude pajamas are like a second skin. They curve and caress and fit every every single inch of her body, and the best part about it is right now, you get her the pajamas. They throw in a $75 absolutely luxurious naturally nude nightgown as well. Two gifts for the price of one. Both are going to benefit you as well as her. She's going to love them. You are too. 
It's a absolutely happy holiday season. Go to pajamagram.com right now because they're actually going to also, they can wrap it for you right there, deliver it before Christmas, and you look like a hero for the holidays and all year long. Go to pajamagram.com. Get those naturally nude pajamas right now. They're going to throw in the naturally nude nightgown. You get them wrapped, you get them delivered, and you look like a hero. Pajamagram.com. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. He's Blank. I'm Branham. 713-780-3776. Slopez on the uh, the Twitch says, how is this on Stroud? His receivers couldn't get open. Noah Brown couldn't catch a cold. Fair. That's why I gave him a bogey, Slopez. Yeah, These other guys just don't get it. Don't how know many ball. receivers had balls hit him in the hands and the face mask and didn't make plays? That's his point. I know. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, but weather's not a factor. Stop it. Stop. We're not <laughs> doing up weather. I know. I really wanted to. I'm stupid weather. Ugh, it makes me like I was triggered. I was triggered, as you can tell. Noah Brown got hit in the face mask by David, he David sure Mills. Did. Davis Mills Davis dotted him Mills right between the eyes. You know but what I thought? The, the what, one time you're not a vendor and Davis Mills hits you in the exact right spot and you don't catch it. I thought Mechie might have misplayed his first ball, too. He kind of stopped on what I think was a scramble drill. Well, but. Uh, if you, and you let me know when you watch the All-22. Uh-huh. Mechie looked like on a couple of out routes, instead of making the crisp cut and making sure that it was a timing route, he kind of rainbowed out on his break. And he almost set it, set himself up for a couple of picks that were dropped. Yeah, I'll have to look for that. It's hard to tell passing routes on on the TV copy, but I'll be I'll look for that. Um, what do you think about that immaculate incompletion where Stroud threw it to Brown? Brown kind of popped it in the air, yeah. And then Robert Woods and was like, he could right have had there. it. I could have had like six, I think. Oh, I think it was an easy touchdown <laughs> if he catches it. Like I I said that was an easy catch. I you totally think it was agree an easy, because it popped right it's one thing air. if you're doing the, the Franco Harris or you're doing something where you got to dive forward. It's at yeah. your shoe tops. That thing sat up between his numbers was right on in a front tee. of his grill. All he had to do was just go, swoop, got it, and gone. It was on a tee. It absolutely was. <laughs> Catch the ball. How about the one where the the linebacker for the Jets could have picked it off and then it still hit Stingley right in the breadbasket? Oh, yeah. And that could have been a play where they at least got the first down on it. He was uh, That's was- one where uh, CJ should have had a pick. Yeah, he should have. D'Amico asked uh, was asked a question yesterday. I think it was the New York media. They're like, are, do you, "Is this one of those uh, was one of those games where you burn the film? Or are you going to watch it?" And he's like, "Yeah, we're going to watch this." That thing that's a myth, by the way. There has never been a time. No. I think this is a myth. They might not show it to the team, but there has never been a time where a coach said, "We're not watching that film." Where they burn the film. I do not believe. Maybe like last game of the year, like a stupid bowl game, and you're not returning that team. Yeah. I don't believe there has ever been a coach in history that has burned the film without watching it. I, I think, refuse to believe that. I think the exception is at the end of the year, or yes, in college, if it's a bowl game, bowl game, sure. When you're eliminated in the playoffs, a lot of times you don't want to go back and look at it. But I think that you're in a you have a regiment that you do in the middle of a season. And you're not going to stop doing it just because you didn't get all kinds of flowers and sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, You're going to use everything, especially with a young team, as a teachable moment. And you're going to go over and show guys where they should have run routes differently, could have caught footballs, missed a blocking assignment. You have to. It's the only way you get better. Yeah, the Burn the film in the middle of the season. Uh-uh. That's not happening. You're going to watch it at least once. 3338 says double bogey. 6860. I know I'm going to sound like a homer here, but when you rewatch, look at the missed holding calls against the Texans. All right, I will. Also, did D'Amico pull Will Anderson for a while after that dumb penalty? He did. Will Anderson did not play for three snaps. Yep, he sure did. I was I was thinking he might play not uh, 
not playing for the rest of the series. He actually came in for the final play of the series. So it was most of the rest of the series. Uh, 4776 on the Chisaw side is a receiver from junior high. Coaches tell you to always check with officials for alignment. Facts. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony made a major mistake. And, and Pat Mahomes' anger is misguided. It shouldn't have been towards the to the line judge. It should be his receiver stink. But especially Kadarius Tony. Check. Check. I thought Mahomes might lighten up by the time he got to the press conference because people would have given him the video and shown him exactly how egregious this was and then probably like save some of the overall embarrassment he by continuing it. But he just keeps going, and the press conference just made it worse. This is the team a week ago because obviously I watched every single second of it. This is the team that says you make the calls that are in front of you when the pass interference happened on Marquez Valdez Scandling in a, in a, in a play that they thought could have helped them win the game they still would have gotten had to get the two-point conversion but they were bitching you know the entire week about the play in green bay and they're supposed to you're supposed to call everything by the letter of the law now you're not yeah it's i mean it's never that way though like no one like anybody who gripes is never saying well it should always be the letter of the law people who gripe are saying that the call should always be my their way let's be honest like it's never oh you should call it this way you should be accurate here but not no you always want every single call that's what people do. I think the bigger thing is just the, how rare it is, if ever, we've seen Mahomes lose his mind like that. Yeah, I haven't really seen that. I mean, I, I'm not I, sure I, I ever. I have. don't remember even you know Super Bowls, playoff games. You know, he's always even where he he's the anti Kyler Murray when his receivers drop a ball or miss a play or anything like that. He shows no emotion and he's totally onto the next play. Yep. From the helmet throwing to the just the relentless attack on the the the, the sideline judge, yep, he just wouldn't let it go. I think Collinsworth was onto something that you can see the frustration starting to mount there. Maybe like, it is because of the fact that his receivers have been less than, yeah. and, and they're I, I, catching and, it. And just they're not playing to the standard that they thought that they're capable of. Like yep. they think that they're a Super Bowl team, and right now they're they're not playing that way. I didn't really have a problem with the way he handled the press conference. Like I think it showed his butt. Like, I think he was showing his butt in the presser where it's like, you don't really know what you're talking about here, man. And you're making all of these like excuses, but that's his press conference. That's, you know, he can handle that however he wants. I don't have a problem with him yelling at the official, like yelling at the officials part of the game. The biggest issue that I had with Mahomes yesterday was during the handshake with Josh Allen. He's griping to Josh Allen about the play. Like that's the one spot where, Hey, press conference, that's you. That's your microphone. You can go say whatever you want, no matter how wrong you are Uh, on the sideline. That's your sideline yelling at the official. I'm okay with that. That. The biggest Bush League thing I thought I saw from Pat Mahomes yesterday was the handshake to Allen, and he's like, "Hey, you he can read his lips." He's, he's, yeah, the, the, the uh, one of the Kansas City news stations had the audio. Oh, really? Yeah, it had the audio, and he's like, he goes up to Josh Allen, and instead of being like, "Hey, good game, man, great game," he's griping about the call. Like yeah. that was that was Bush League to me. That's sore loser. The only thing there. I would say in terms of the press conference is the fact that if you know after the fact, you make it worse. Like, if you go to the press conference knowing that you've seen the video now and everybody's told you, hey, look, he was offsides, and you still want to die on that hill, I think it makes it worse. No, I think it. I think it's a bad look. I think the whole press conference was a bad look. But it's also his microphone. Like, that's it's his microphone at that point, so I have no issues with that. Uh, but whenever you're congratulating somebody else on beating you, or you're supposed to be congratulating somebody else on well, that, beating you, like you crying foul about a cause is, is, I think, Bush League. I think it's a sore loser. I think it's a terrible look. Yeah, and you you know, then you didn't see Kelsey do that. And, you know, the, those guys played against each other in the, the, the golf challenge, and they're pretty close, all mm-hmm. those guys. But, yeah, that's a point where you just tip your cap and say, hey, another great one, good, you know, good win. You don't sit there and sit. But, uh, obviously, that shows you just how emotionally over-the-top – 
gone he was at that point, and there was no going back. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes sure didn't complain about rest when they gave him the Super Bowl last year. Uh, 50-30, Mahomes not used to this S-word, trying to find any reason to believe they lost because of other factors. You should blame Tony. Um, and they should just be leading the game. How about that? Uh, the, the other big game yesterday was Cowboys-Eagles. Cowboys with a convincing victory over the Eagles. Do you think that was a bigger win for Dallas or a bigger loss for Philly? I just think it was a bigger win for Dallas. I, I think that this was one of the biggest wins they've had in quite some time. And, and this is one that starts making even the, the people furthest along the lines of the never going to be a believer in the Cowboys that have to respect and believe this team can play with a lot of teams in the NFL. Can they play with the Niners? We don't know. But they just proved their division rivals who beat them the first time. They came back and trounced them. This was supposed to be a tough game that had so much on the line. They looked like the team that wanted it more, and they went out and got it. And, and to all the critics of Dak Prescott for all those years, this year looks like he solidified himself as the MVP leading candidate or one of the leading candidates in this league. And he went out and did everything he was supposed to do. Jalen Hurts was at least running, you know, quarterback uh, quarterback draws, and he was running and he was trying to do his best. I thought AJ Brown let him down in a lot of ways too. I think the entire offense wasn't even close to what they were supposed to be. And the defense all year hasn't been who we thought they were early in the year. They're kind of already maybe peaked and on the way down. Cowboys are still ascending and showing you they got a legit chance to get paid maybe the two seed. Eagles need to get right, like their, their health and stuff like that. They, they need to get healthy. I, I'm with you that it was a bigger win for Dallas than it was a loss for the Eagles. Now, the Eagles' defense these last couple of weeks, yes, against really good competition, 49ers and the Cowboys, ha- has looked iffy. They, they need to get some stuff right. So I'll, I'll, I'll agree that it's a bigger win for Dallas, and I would also graduate Dallas into the same tier as Philly. Now, San Francisco might be above everybody. Yeah, that's, that's San Francisco might be in a tier by themselves. In fact, I'll say San Francisco is in a tier by themselves. But Dallas has now entered the tier with the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't, I don't know how you can argue otherwise. I think that they've entered a tier all by themselves in the, across the entire NFL for right now. For as we stand right that's now fair. today, I think they are the elite team in the NFL, and everybody's playing for second. We know injuries change things. We know that teams, just like they lost three in a row early in the season, things can change. But right now, if we do the power rankings, they are on a level all by themselves with not just the NFC, with every team in the NFL. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Dallas, I think, I mean, if you're doing straight power rankings, you'd have to put Dallas ahead of Philly. Yep. But I'll put them on the uh, the same tier. A lot of Dallas hate. Raza says Dallas is going to build all this hope just to lose in the wild card. Uh, Dallas will choke in the playoffs. Zero eight nine one says, and then someone said, "Here we go." That's what Dak does right before. I know that's so weird. But did you guys notice about the cadence? He always snaps it right over. Here we go. I kind of did. At a certain point, that if you're a DC, don't you realize that you know because uh, Rogers Forever today was Green nineteen. Green 19. And then Omaha. And, and, yeah, or Man- Manning with Omaha. And if you don't also mix up when you snap the ball. Everybody, as soon as they realize, here we go, well, now you're a D lineman pinning your ears back going, well, here comes a snap. I thought the same thing. I thought that, I, I'm I'm hopeful that he is... Um, Aware like, of it? Yeah, I'm hopeful that he's... I mean, I don't care. if I'm, I'm not a Dallas fan. But I would assume that they have a, like a timing thing where they mix it up. Well, you would think at a certain point you'd catch a defense jumping if you use here we go and then don't, and then go to another cadence. Yeah, and, I mean, it looks like they go like, here we go, and then like a quick hut. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they could be on, you know, they could be on three. You know, here we go on hut. After here we go on three. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Well, you could do the uh, the tush. You could line up for the tush push and go here we go, and then not snap it right away. Wheat straw, <laughs> good. I hate the Cowboys as much as the next guy, but that was a statement win for sure. Our listener base is funny because, like, I would say what seventy percent of our listeners are huge Texans fans, hate the Cowboys, and then maybe 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 that's too big. Maybe thirty percent are I think Cowboy 30, fans. I think there's about thirty thirty five percent Cowboy fans. But it's so weird because like half of our listeners hate the Cowboys, or more than half, like seventy seventy five percent of the, our listeners hate the Cowboys, and then you have. 30% that are huge Cowboy fans. So you get textures like, yeah, Cowboys, and then you get other textures, oh, the Cowboys are going to choke. So it's kind of this really weird dynamic. Careful with all that when everybody said the same thing about the Rangers. That didn't turn out. Yeah, so. I don't I don't think the outcome is determined by the words that no, come out of our mouth. Saying, you don't want to, like, be bad takes exposed. No one's going to watch this silly Packers-Giants game tonight, right? Everybody's going to have all eyes glued in on the Titans. Jeremy, the I, am <laughs> I, I am that. somebody. I am somebody. I knew what I yes, was doing. Yes, I will. I will be glancing at that game. Not passionately, but I will be glancing at that game. Monday night doubleheaders are just... Sucks. And they start at the same time. I'm never going to get over this. They start at the exact same time. Stagger them at least so that if one's a good game, you stay with it. If it's not, you got another alternative to go to. But these are set up for opening weekend and maybe a couple randomly throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Early. But stagger them. Do it it East Coast, West Coast. I don't don't like... It's not really a true doubleheader if they're playing at the same time, is it? Uh, it'd be more of a slate, maybe yeah. a two-game slate. Yeah, than a double I, don't, I don't like two games on Monday night unless I can watch both of them if I so choose. Yeah, that's a good call. It's not a double. I'm going to go two-game slate. Like, you have the early slate, you have the afternoon slate, you have a two-game Monday night slate. Uh, I'll probably have all eyes on Titans-Dolphins. I, I can't imagine I'll watch any of that Packers-Giants game. Maybe I'll flip over to commercials. And I'll be the exact opposite. Yeah, I'm going to scout the Titans a little bit. Plus, I love watching the Dolphins. Well, your I'll, guy's playing. I'll be honest. There is one team in the NFL that I will throw all 22 film on. Oh, the Texans, and there's one other team. Dolphins. Dolphins. I love, love watching the Dolphins offensively. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that game. Unlike Philly, who's been a little bit disappointing this year, they don't disappoint on offense. They, they, they throw it all at you. You get everything with the Dolphins. They're fun to watch. Yep. I, I love watching them. Now the play. dynamic in their backfield, too. I know. A-Chan's back. Yep. A-Chan, I never know how to say his name now that he changed his name. A-Chan, Didn't A-Chan. Did he come out as A-Chan and then it changed to A-Chan? I think so, yeah. yeah I think it was right. A-Chain, and now it's A-Chan. It went from Devon to Devin. I don't know. But they're fun to watch. All right, 713-780-ESPN. Car Wreck of the Day coming up next. Who are you nominating for our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. All right, what are your nominations for Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com? 713-780-3776. What are you nominating, Blankers? I'm going to go right off the top with everybody that had anything to do with a 3 nothing NFL final between the Raiders and the Vikings. Because whether you had a rooting interest or not, everybody likes to do some wagering in fantasy football. That was a, a stinker times 10. How often is the team that benched their quarterback for play the winning team? Not often. Nope. Not often. I would bet very rarely. Like I can't. I, I can't think of a time. My memory's not very good. Uh, CTE. But yeah, they benched their quarterback and they won the game. Well, they benched their quarterback and their OC who traveled was yeah. nailed for a DUI. Too soon. Go Cougs. Um, <laughs> is he a Coug? Pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure. If not by uh, he is by proxy. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Texans second half defense here. Texans second half defense allowed the Jets to have their best football game offensively all year. The Texans in the second half against the Jets, I'll say it again, allowed the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets to have their best 
football game offensively in 30 minutes in that second half. They gave up 30 points, 247 yards, and the only time they got off the field was when Zach Wilson fumbled. The Texans' defense allowed the Jets to go touchdown, touchdown, fumble, touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal. Texans' second half defense, you are nominated for our car wreck of the day. They made a quarterback that didn't want to play look like all pro. Yeah, I call BS on that. I think that's... I, would, Some, the problem, I think someone internally should shut their mouth. Somebody I trust, though, said it was true. Like, I don't believe it, but I have somebody I believe telling me it is true. I'm oh, torn. Really? I'm torn on how to feel about that. I just can't imagine that somebody's like, no, I'm good. I'm not going to play. I, I just can't imagine. Maybe I hate to say it, but I, I can see it. I mean, what he has is what he's been labeled as as a quarterback and as a leader in person. It does add up. But then the guy goes off and for 300 knows, yards. No matter what week? he does. He, He's not going to, going to be the. He's not going to play for that football team until Rodgers is gone. He knows, and it's inevitable that he's not going to start long term. But then that guy goes for three hundred yards. It's a good resume builder for his next team. But if he didn't want to play, is he going for over three hundred yards? Like I don't. Who's not going to crap the bed? He knows he's still got more money to make. I I don't know. I don't know. All right, Joe, what are you nominating? I mean, I was just going to like the offensive line, the offense, the defense, the coaching, Matt Amendola. <laughs> This is, hopefully, this is the last time we see Matt Amendola in a Texas uh, uniform. Yeah, you know what? The crazy thing, and we've talked about these before, I had just a very strange feeling with that extra point going, God, I hope he doesn't miss this, and it's a, t- it's a seven-point game. And when he did, I was like, I think I'm done. I kind of felt like that was the moment where I was just like, oh. Yeah. I was like, all right. No, I, I didn't. They're going to get didn't. back in this thing. But when it was then... 14 nothing, I, I was borderline, it's over. Yeah. Then they scored right away, and I'm like, okay. Now we got a chance. And when he missed the field goal, I was like, maybe it is over. No, I didn't think it was over after he missed it. Because I mean, it's still a one-possession game. But I, it made me a little bit like, crap, maybe it's one of those days. Mm-hmm. But I still thought they had a shot. Well, that's the feeling I had. So, yeah. I thought it was over because I think it, it just seemed like it was all you. adding up against them. I got you. Is anybody going to nominate Lamont? I like got if, him, he, if he had called back, if he had called back and we had a, and it, we, we rectified it, he, he came back and said, you know what? I lost my thought, didn't want to waste your time, and I got you. Here it is. Cool. He didn't call back. Lamont's busy, though. He's probably listening to other sports radio stations. At the same time, I appreciate him being honest. Because <laughs> yeah. most callers would just try to ramble for like yeah. two minutes. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's what so, I'm saying. But so if he would have owned it, forgot it, but called back to say, I got it now, cool. I mean, he's not winning today. But maybe he never forgot. Maybe he, might he never have, remembered. He might have won if it was like a Thursday. But he ain't winning today. No, it's in your own backyard. <laughs> the 4776 car wreck has to be Zion. All the physical talent, but just not motivated to put in the work. Can't compare to Barkley. He competed. Look, I would take Zion on this team right now. I would, I would take too. Zion on the Rockets this second. Now, I wouldn't pay full price for Zion, but if I can get a 50% discount for a 50% inflated Zion Williamson, I'm taking it. The dude averages 21 5 I was going to say, five. his numbers, he's not trying 100%, and he's, his numbers are still that good. I'll take him. At a discounted rate. Like, I'm not giving the full Zion price. Well, I'm not giving the, the, the giving up the farm to no, get him. No, But I think in the right environment, in the right situation, I think taking that and he might give out a little bit more, perfect. Yeah, I think that uh, I would I would trade for him if he was discounted. Now, you know, maybe Emei's the perfect coach for mm-hmm. him. Maybe Dylan the villain's the guy the guy he needs, or Fred Van, Van Vliet. Van Vliet's going to feed him? The well, one, not, not literally. I mean, Van Vliet's a little heavy, too. Well, but Van Vliet can throw an alley-oop. He can still go get. This is, yeah, he could. Um... This is the one thing I will say, though. New Orleans is an elite food city. Elite food city. Not a great place for Zion watching his weight. Houston's a better food city. It is. So he's going from one great food city if, to another great food city. I'm not sure that's great for a man who's worried about his weight. But if you believe the, is it the not baby mama that was putting it on Twitter? You don't need elite food scene. You just need a 7-Eleven. 
Yeah. He was stocking up on Mountain Dews and junk food. He doesn't look very light, but he still averages 20-something a game. Like, I would take him in a heartbeat. Uh, 7419 nominates me for not stopping talking about the weather. I'm saying we're not using that as an excuse. Just saying. 4983, car wreck of the day. Has to be the Blue Jays losing out on Shohei. Nah. Or doesn't it have to be, was it John Heyman? Morosi. Or John Morosi. Did you hear the... Uh, do you hear the theory on that? No. There is a well, theory is probably too polite of a word. It's more of a conspiracy. Okay. There is a conspiracy out there that Shohei's rep, uh, representatives that they leaked Morosi bad info and that they use like somebody in the team to actually fly to Toronto to completely fool everybody as a way to get the Dodgers to offer a seven hundred million ten year deal. That's the conspiracy that's out there. So. People out there think that Morosi was told by Shohei's representation that this was happening, so he would leak Wasn't it. Wasn't that the dude from Shark Tank? Who was Morosi? on? No, no the, guy the guy who plane. was on the, the plane. Guy on that the was, plane like the, was the guy from Shark Tank. Like the real plane, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. So that's the theory. That's the con- that's the uh, conspiracy. That's I like it. But for, for that reason alone, I'm out. Yeah. That was a 10 out of 10 blankers. Thank you very much. So who's winning uh, Who's winning today? Or car wreck of the day? I, th- I think it's the defense. Yeah, it's the defense. Specifically the second half defense. Yes. yes. Second half defense that allowed the Jets well, to have yeah, a career I mean, first half year. Defense held them to zero points. Good on yeah. you. Career. They allowed the Jets to have a, a single season best day in one half of football. Congratulations, D'Amico's defense, allowing thirty points, two hundred and forty-seven yards, and zero punts in that second half. You are car wreck of the day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com seven one three nine 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 eight seven seven three CarWreckTexas.com. That's it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank. I'm Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Some national guys are next on ESPN ninety. 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.